0: This Resurrection Day is sponsored by Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, as uh, Justin read those early scriptures in our service, this day didn't start out historically with celebration, right? Like this day started out with tears. So Mary Magdalene... She comes to the tomb, and you have to wonder what she was expecting, (laughs) why she was there in the first place. You know, there there weren't a lot of people with her. (laughs) So she went to the tomb, and after having experienced Good Friday, when she came to the tomb, what did she expect to see? She expected maybe to see Roman guards. She maybe expected to see a body that she could anoint and that she could bless. But she expected to see not a risen savior. She expected to see a mutilated body. She expected to see the one that she loved, but the one who had failed in his mission. Probably why she was not accompanied by a great deal of other people because everyone else expected to see the same thing. And why go visit a crumpled body, a crumpled body that had given so much hope, so much peace, so much promise, but if that body be in the tomb, then all those dreams seem fleeting. All that hope seems like now a nightmare. And that's what she went to go see. Proud. I mean, we should be proud of her. She's a brave woman, right? She's willing to, to walk into this really dark place and to bless the one that she loved. But when she gets there, and she's looking for disappointment, she finds an empty tomb. When she goes to find a failed leader, she looks around. She doesn't find a failed leader. When she goes to the tomb to find one who had been beaten and lost, she cannot find that man. When she goes to the tomb and she looks for a lifeless body, she cannot find it there in that tomb. When she goes to that tomb to find one who has lost the battle with death, she cannot find that person in the tomb. And when she does meet that person, she does not recognize him because she was not expecting to find him there. But what she finds is a risen Savior. She finds the Son of God in glory. She hadn't necessarily expected to find him there. Her loss and disappointment she went to find in that tomb, but that tomb was empty for Jesus had risen from the dead. So today, as we come to this tomb, who do we come for? I'd like for us to look in Philippians chapter 3. And we'll Begin in verse 8, as Paul is writing to his dear friends in Philippi, and he says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul says, oh All those things that I have built up for myself, all those things that I I did to endear myself to God, to make myself right before God, they are nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. When when, when, When Paul says here that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, when he says that I may know him, what he's saying is that Jesus is actually knowable. Now that's pretty profound. That here we are 2,000 years away, but but Paul is saying Jesus is someone that we can know. And I love, I love how there's kind of a difference in Spanish and, and not so much in English, but uh, like there are two words, saber and conocer. Saber is to know a fact about something. And so you can kind of saber somebody, but conocer is like how you know, like I, I know that person, like. We are connected. We know know each other as people. And so this is both ideas here. We know these facts about Jesus, but we also have this opportunity to know the risen Savior. Do you know him? We get to know him as a friend, as one who walks with us, as one who cares for us. And, And what Paul is saying is, oh, every day if I can come and just know him a little bit more. Just a little bit more. How rich my life will be as I will connect with the God of all creation. Do you know him? Do you get to enjoy him? You know, one of the things that we miss, and it's like one of the greatest failures of us as Christians, is not just, not really even our moral failures, but the failure to take advantage of the fact that he is knowable. And he bids us to come and know him. Isn't that seem like one of the hardest things, though? Like to stop Stop. (laughs) and spend time with him? It seems like we let everything else, you know, get in the way. But Jesus is knowable. And he says, come and know me. So Paul is saying here, oh, that I may know him. All the other works and things that I've done, they aren't worth anything. But if I were just to know him and know him more, this, this present active, this, this knowing is not just like that I, that I knew him like I met him one time, but that I continue to know him. And so we continue to know him to a greater depth. And in fact, we will, dis- we will continue to discover and know Jesus For all of eternity. Like we don't, like when we get to heaven, we don't go, oh, yeah, I know you. (laughs) We'll go, oh. And then day two of eternity, I didn't know that about you. That's even better. And can you imagine that is going to happen every day of eternity? We're going to know him more. Because in a sense, he is just even better as we know him. Every day. We will get to know him. So don't let us not neglect today knowing him. He is knowable. There is the personal knowing, and then there's the, the facts of knowing, too. Like, we know that he, he was a, a historical man, that he, uh, he was in time and place, that he was the son of God. We know that he died and he resurrected. And so we continue to know more about him, and we know him. And he says, these are the kinds of things that I want to know. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Yes, so when we come to this day, it is a, a monumental day in so many ways. It is the most important day on all of the calendar, both on the annual calendar and on the calendar as a whole. All upon hinging on the resurrection of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, Right? So that's why we're in year year 2018, a reminder of resurrection, right? That's when it happened. And so now now we are learning the resurrection about Jesus. We are learning it both, and theologians will call this forensically. Like, so what does a resurrection mean? I mean, it happened. Mary is there, and, and she is... She is meeting this gardener, meeting this Jesus, but now what does this, what does it mean that Jesus is not in the tomb, but that he is resurrected? It means so many things. It means that we have, we have the same opportunity, that we have this idea that we can, we can have life. That we can become new, that we will have glorified bodies just as Jesus has a glorified body in that moment. We too will have that glorified body. That that Jesus has the power over life and death. And so by Jesus fulfilling resurrection, he is then saying, I have the the, uh, power and the ability not to do it for myself only, but to do it for all of us. That's good news. And so we know that the crucifixion, that when Jesus was sacrificed on our behalf and his resurrection shows that he has the power over sin and the power over death. And so we can hear those things and we can know them like in a legal sense, like we know that it's been paid for. It's hard for us exactly to to grasp that or to, to touch that, right? Jesus is the physical manifestation of that spiritual truth. So he says, I am the life, and he proves it by resurrecting. We can, just, we can just hear and believe it unless he actually does it. And so he resurrects to show that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So a resurrected Lord means that we have access to eternal life. And so Jesus, as my brother's saying down here, is the resurrection. And he is the life. But it's, it is both this thing that's happened in the spiritual world. So those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, now our Heavenly Father in judgment looks down on us and does not see us, but he sees the blood of his Son. He sees his Son in the way. He has covered us with his righteousness. But it's hard for us to see those things, right? The resurrected Lord proves those things for us today. This knowing the power of the resurrection for us is this thing that we are doing every day. day. We are learning the power of the resurrection. We're knowing the power of the resurrection. So although we have have been declared righteous, even though we have been declared holy, we still have some righteousness and holiness to work out, amen? Amen. So there's kind of this disconnect, like he's declared me righteous, he's declared me having new life, he's declared me a new creation, but I don't always feel like a new creation. Are you with me? And so there is, uh, there is like a, uh, uh, some kind of disconcerting spirit within us, like I know that, I know mentally, like that I have been saved from these things, I know, I know that, but my life it's st- I still kind of have a hankering, you know? And so every day we keep coming back to him, and we keep learning from his example. We keep uh, investing in his scriptures and in prayer, and as we get to know him, as the Spirit fills us, he begins to work those things out. But we daily come to him and have expectation that he is going to bring about holiness again and again and again in our lives. My... my uh, My dad is, uh, I think he's coming to the next service there in town, and he's writing, he was telling me a couple days ago that he's writing his memoirs, so that we'll have them as a family and and all. And he says, one thing I saw as a common theme is like, the the Lord has put a hedge around me. So, you know, there are times I I could have just you know, I could have just lost it. And I've made a a lot of bad mistakes, but the Lord has just, he's just held me. He just kept me. Have you experienced that? Can you look back on your memoirs? Maybe your memoirs are not quite as long as his. But as we look back and we see, you know, our God is faithful. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is invested in our spiritual resurrection. And then he says, in the the fellowship of his sufferings, that I might know the fellowship of his sufferings, we need to know that you know Jesus has gone before and that He's experienced these things, and that he uh, that he endured and we can endure. That's important to note. But if you stop and think that like Jesus is is suffering, he's suffering and suffered on our behalf. Like he was suffering with you and me in mind. So the fellowship of the suffering is this great encouragement. That is how much he loves us. He would continue to suffer. He could have any moment, you know, jettisoned, right? He could have gotten out of it. But Jesus suffered on our behalf. So he both can, he can can know the suffering that we endure. And we also can know that there is such a great love that he would suffer on our behalf. Do you know him? Finally, Paul says that I somehow may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, don't get your, don't get, don't get Paul wrong here. He has no doubt that he's going to attain to the resurrection of the dead. But he, what he's saying is that I somehow, like, it's not my work. That's what he said right before. He said, uh, of any person who deserves to go to heaven, if deserving was something. He said, I deserve to go to heaven. He said, I, I was a righteous man. I was a Pharisee. Uh, I was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was found blameless. He was right on time. He was the right kind of guy. And he said, but all of that, as worth nothing because it's not about what I can do. If those things were what got you into heaven, I would have been into heaven, but they count as nothing. So all I can do they say, I put myself in your hands, Jesus, and that's good enough. That's just right. But it's seemingly the hardest thing to do. You know, we, we do the same kind of thing. We may not be a Hebrew of Hebrews, a, a, a zealous uh, a person, even a, a persecutor for the faith. I mean, so, so was he zealous that he would take up arms to defend the faith. We, we may not be like that, but we have our own kind of uh, boundaries that we put up. And we say, like, as long as I, you know, don't do this sin. Like, I'm not as badass. Or I actually do pretty good. I, you know, I've been doing some of those other sins so much, and I'm doing pretty good. As long as we continue to do those things, that, that, is, that is rubbish. There is, there is this the desire in Paul that that he would somehow attain the resurrection, and it 's only by the grace of God. And so it keeps drawing him back to Jesus, drawing back to Jesus, "Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Jesus is calling us today to come and know him. There may be somebody here on Resurrection Sunday who have considered Jesus maybe just a lifeless body. But today we are here to declare to you that there is an empty tomb. He is risen. And he is Lord. Come and follow him. And enjoy him and know him forever and ever and ever. Amen.